Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. Vulnerability is imperative now in leading a virtual team. But how do you do it? How do you lead with vulnerability and how do you build vulnerability on a team? On today's podcast, Tara Powers, founder of Powers Resource Center and author of Virtual Teams for Dummies, lays out the agreements that virtual teams must address and how to follow up with these agreements. To be successful in the virtual world, you must handle agreements as a team and how you use technology how you communicate, and how you build connection. When you have these three things figured out, you'll be powerful as you team anywhere. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host, Mitch Simon, on the West Coast, where it's 70 degrees outside, and Mm. our amazing, illustrious co-host on the East Coast, Dr. Virginia Bianco Mathis. What's the weather like out there? It's rainy today. It's not as pleasant as where you two are. Oh, yeah. Well, so anyways, <laughs> can you go ahead, Ginny, and introduce today's amazing guest? I really can. We're excited to have Tara Powers with us today, a leadership development expert and CEO of Powers Resource Center. She is an international best-selling author, award-winning leadership expert, and crusader for virtual teams and leadership, which led to her newly launched virtual team school. Tara's leadership programs have won several excellence awards, more recently for the Leadership Bootcamp Program. Tara has two recent books, Virtual Team for Dummies and Working from Home for Dummies, both both with Wiley. Welcome, Tara. Thank you. I love that intro. <laughs> okay, terrific. So- Let's jump into these two wonderful books. Tell us what led you to writing them and what gap were you trying to fill? That's a good question. So probably five years ago, some of my bigger clients, I do work with you know some bigger government clients, they started to ask me, Have I done any work with teams that are hybrid or partially remote or they were starting to run out of space in their current offices and they couldn't purchase any more real estate? And so they were starting to do something called hoteling. Yeah. So people would go onto their laptop if they wanted to come into the office. They'd have to book kind of like a hotel room, which is a cubicle to get into the office because there wasn't enough space for everybody. So this was causing a lot of interesting dynamics and issues that leaders had never dealt with, which is how do I manage a team that's half in the office, half not, and keep them connected? So I had a couple clients start to ask me about this. And I thought, you know what, I should do some research on this. And I ended up finding out there wasn't a lot of research in the marketplace on virtual team effectiveness. So I hired an industrial psychology firm and we did a survey with pretty big companies who were either thinking of doing this more, they were already doing it, they were hybrid. So we had a lot of good data. We actually interviewed three different levels. We interviewed the executives the employees who were working virtually, and then the managers who were leading those teams. So we got a lot of amazing data from those three different demographics about 
What makes virtual effective? Is it working? What's the biggest challenges? And then we started to publish the results of that study. I was speaking about it and putting a lot of stuff online and Wiley found me. And basically we're like, we have a gap here in terms of our leadership books. And would you be interested in writing virtual teams for dummies? Now this was before the pandemic. I know. Then you've got this sort of weird gift. Indeed. I mean, who would have thought that it was published in 2018 and then as soon as the pandemic happened, I was probably doing up to five webinars a day for managers who had never led virtually before. Like, here's the basics, right? Like, do these five things and you got to do them right away. So I was really busy in the beginning of the pandemic, which was wonderful. And then Wiley reached back out and said, now we have all these people working from home and they don't know what they're doing and how to do it effectively. And, you know, they're walking around naked in the shower. Can you you write a book to help them? So I wrote Working From Home for Dummies during the pandemic that just really is meant to be for the general employee who now is not in the office. How do they work from home, be engaged, stay connected, and show up professionally. Right, which we're going to talk about because I do love the fact that all of your work looks at all three audiences, Mm -hmm. the leader, the team, and the individual. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes it special. But share some positive stories. Your book talks about, all right, here's some companies that are doing virtual team right Yeah. What does that even look like? Yeah, I would say the one that's really, in my mind, the poster child for who does it right is Basecamp, which is a company that's 100% virtual and remote. Mm -hmm. They always have been. And their two founders are so gifted and skilled around remote and virtual work. They've written their own books on virtual work and they've done TED Talks on it. They're very kind of well-known, Jason Fried and David Hansen are the two CEOs of that company. But I got a chance to interview them for the book. And what they do write about virtual work is you have to trust that the people working for you are going to show up and do a good job. Yeah. Set all the right expectations and make sure they have the resources that they need and they have the communication that they need and then let them do their work and not try to micromanage them, which is very difficult for managers who have never done this before. They really feel like if I can't see them doing the work, what are they doing? They're like at home eating bonbons all day and watching TV or something. So that is the one big thing is trust has to be addressed and they do it very well. The other thing that they do is they don't allow people to have useless meetings. It's because that's the other thing that happens when teams who have traditionally been in an office go remote because they want to stay connected and feel like they need to make sure people are working, they make them have an insane amount of meetings every day and they're not getting any work done. And so Basecamp was like, the owners were like, we will never have a meeting unless we are solving a problem, handling conflict, or coming up with a fast and effective solution to something. And if it's not one of those three things, then you should be able to update it somewhere using our technology and go and find the information you need. So there's never meetings for like, a status update. Right. You know, they they need, create criteria. Yeah. We yeah. don't need those kind of meetings anymore. Mm-hmm. Our meetings should be about connection, solving problems, managing conflict and issues, and that's it. Right? Yeah. So yeah. they just do it really well. They have an incredible amount of trust in their employees. They set really good expectations around that. 
and they really make their far-flung employees who are all over the country, and I believe even outside of the country, feel connected. So before the pandemic, any new employee would fly to Chicago where the two CEOs lived and spend time with them before, you know, like the first week on the job. I don't know how they handled that over the pandemic, but hopefully they've gone back to that. And then they also would assign them a buddy. So they would have a buddy Uh and that wasn't necessarily on their own team. Mm-hmm. And that buddy would check in with them weekly just to make sure they're doing okay. They would have coffee together virtually. They would yes. help them understand kind of the culture and the politics or whatever they Fabulous. needed. Yeah, that was yeah. a really big deal as well. And then the final thing that they did that I felt was really important is communicating effectively virtually became a number one priority. So if you are sending emails you're using chat of some sort, that the way you communicate has to be effective. And that's a shift for a lot of people Mm -hmm. that maybe haven't learned good grammar skills, how to communicate effectively and efficiently and not send a 10-page memo, right, with something that could just be five bullets. Or even to deal with conflict, as you said, that became one of the purposes of a meeting. Yeah. But we know that they can't even deal with conflict face-to-face. Well, that brings us to the three things that you really stress in your workshops and infographics, which are phenomenal, which we'll Thank tell you. folks about. Yeah. You've done. The three things are technology, communication, and connection, right? Yes. So obviously, you can't give us the whole book, but let's go through each one for technology. A couple of highlights there. Okay. So the biggest issue for virtual teams, honestly, is that when they go virtual is they forget how important it is to come up with how we're going to use technology. So agreeing to how we will use our different types of technology and for what purpose. Mm. And so what happens is technology when you're virtual impacts everything. It impacts communication. It impacts how efficiently we can find information. It impacts our time. It impacts security, everything, right? Yes. So, yes. And all of those things, if we are not efficient using technology and we're not in agreement, then that impacts trust and it impacts relationships okay. and it impacts all of those things. So number one, if you had to you know, come up with agreements, technology is the first one. This is still coming up. I'm doing training yet this week with companies, doing focus groups. What is the biggest issue? Not using technology mm-hmm. instantly for the same purpose is one of the biggest issues that remote or even hybrid teams are dealing with. Okay. So- That is something a company needs to dial in if they're going to be effective in this new future work environment. Yeah. The second is communication, right? So we need to understand what are communication protocols that we agree to? What communication methods or modes are we going to use and when do we use it? So for example, you can imagine when you're remote, you can use video, email, text, phone, Slack. There's like 10 different things you can do to communicate, but when do we use each of them? When are each of them appropriate? When you have conflict or you feel like there's a high level of risk for misunderstanding, instant messaging is not appropriate, right? Right, right. Right. So it just makes things worse. 
And so I came up with a little communication method matrix that's in my book mm-hmm. says basically if the level of risk for misunderstanding your message is high or there's not a lot of trust in the relationship, maybe you don't know the person very well, maybe you've had conflict in the past, you know, if there's not a lot of trust in the relationship, then when you are communicating something that is difficult, high risk, emotional, we need to be doing it via video or face to face. Right. And if at all, possible in person. If it's something where we're giving people updates, it's a yes or no answer. We just need a quick answer to that question. Then yeah, text, I am, Slack is great for right. all of those things. Right. So companies and teams in particular need to come up with those protocols that they agree to, how they're going to communicate and what methods to use. Right. Them. Right. And before we go to the last one, connection, mm-hmm. what I love for the example you gave was whenever they hired someone, they came into Chicago face-to-face yes. because now that we're doing hybrid as the best model yep. is perfect. That they can be face-to-face. The research has shown even before all of this that virtual works great if you meet the person once or twice. That's right. Okay, connection. Yeah, so then connection is, and this again I've been working with hybrid remote teams, especially since the pandemic, weekly. This is probably still the biggest pain point for most people Mm. is they don't feel connected to their team anymore. Right. And what is different, you know, we've always said how important it is. What is different about being remote or hybrid is we have to make it an intentional high priority item mm-hmm. in terms of how we lead our meetings and how we lead our teams. Mm-hmm. And most managers aren't skilled at simple ways to connect at the beginning of a meeting. Or now we need to build into our budget, bringing people together quarterly yes. or twice a year right. to connect. And when we bring them together to connect, don't spend three days on strategy. <laughs> spend the first day on connection. And fun. And And fun and getting to know Memories. Yes. And then your strategy is going to be way easier to discuss. Disagreements are going to be easier to discuss because you've built that trust. So it's just has to be more intentional. And it's kind of amazing. I just talked to a team yesterday. They're bringing people from around the country together for a three-day retreat for the first time who have never met in person. All right. Like they said, we're going to do strategy for the first two days. And then we thought maybe the third day in the afternoon you could do some kind of team building. And I was like, I said, <laughs> why don't we change that and make me first? And they were like, oh my goodness, we never thought of that. That's a really good idea. Connection is not a priority still. It needs to be a priority in a hybrid environment. In our meetings and anytime we bring people together, that is like the number one thing we should think about. How do we build connection and trust? And then do the hard work. Yeah. And I know this is close to Mitch's heart because he has done a lot of work on the future of work. Yeah. And some of the futurists are saying, you know, now when we do these meetings twice a year, three times a year, they almost have to be like a Disney event. Yes. Right? And like you said, you need a plan. Yes. The answer, the story you told about the group that wanted to start with strategy, they're like stuck from 10 years ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Because this is near to my heart and Disneyland is near to my heart because I grew up next to Disneyland. What are some things that you would recommend that people do that's easier than bringing people together because people will do that 
But if I'm going to create connection at a beginning of a meeting or with one or two of my mm-hmm. teammates, what are some of the things that I could do? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of just very simple things that managers should have. And let me just say one other thing. It's not just the manager's job. I encourage right. leaders to change the role of who's going to be the connection leader this week, right? And what do you want to do? Like, how do we want to connect? And connection can be something as simple as, hey, when we get on today, share a picture of your pet or your kids or your favorite memento and where it's from and why. I've had teams, they do once a quarter or even once a month, they'll do dinner together virtually and they basically send them all the ingredients. I've done this with about 100 people. We all cook together. They had a chef who was virtual telling us what to do with our ingredients. We were having wine. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Yes, that's nice. And then we all ate together. I've had teams share if they're very diverse and come from different backgrounds and ethnicities, share their favorite family dish with each other. And they all made that together, talked mm. about the kind of the history behind it, the family history behind it. Great way to get to know each other. But like simple things such, you know, just... What's your favorite vacation spot? Who are you closest to in your family and why? If you could wave a magic wand and make the world a better place, what would you do? Like just those kind of things help us get to know people at just a slightly more personal level. And this gets into vulnerability-based trust, which is something Brene Brown talks about, something Patrick Lencioni talks about, who wrote the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. There's two types of trust. Predictive trust and vulnerability-based trust. Predictive trust is built every day with teams. I do what I say I'm going to do. I'll get you what I said I was going to get you by five. The bigger connection on teams always happens when people are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I get to see you as a human and get to know what you care about and what matters to you in your life. And when I see you as a human, I trust you. Right. So if we are not creating those moments for vulnerable types of connection, and I'm not saying you got to share like your deepest, darkest secret, but just these little moments where sharing something that's meaningful, those are those little moments that create this kind of, you know, fabric of trust on a team. Tara, on that, because I just heard this from working with a CEO who took a while to move him on this journey to vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So what we started out with was at the beginning of each meeting, have each person tell their own story of how they reached out to a customer in a more human way. I love that. So it was very safe. That was yeah, yeah. It was very safe, and yet, as you all both know, and our audience knows, just in that, people start showing their own self. Yes. Well, here's how I did it. Yep. And the leader felt good because it was still tied into our goals, our strategy, right? Yeah. Well, you do talk about again, which I loved, the leader, the team, and the individual worker. What are some tips? I picked out my favorite for the leader. Yep. So I think the leader, you know, back to some of the things that we mentioned already, they have to trust that their team's going to do the work. So they need to do an amazing job being clear about Mm -hmm. expectations, deliverables, timelines, what success looks like. And these are all things we've always told leaders that are important, but it's kind of a non-negotiable when you are in a hybrid or remote environment. 
We have to believe and trust the work's getting done. And if I haven't done my job setting up the environment so that people can be successful, they're not going to be. They're not going to work on the right things. They're not going to deliver it the way we thought they would or on time. They're not going to work collaboratively with people on the team that we think they should be. Mm -hmm. So it is super important that the leader provides way more clarity than they think is necessary in a hybrid environment. And one of your job aids actually then goes into making all this into agreements yes, and a agree. scorecard. Yep. So it's trackable, that yep. it can become more easily a point of discussion. Yep. Hey, remember, I was clear about that at the last meeting. <laughs> and the scoreboard is simply something that basically we have maybe set some agreements around how we're going to communicate, how we're going to connect, how we're going to use technology and maybe once a month, we check in on those agreements and we give it a green, yellow, or red. Yes. Like green, we are going great. We're doing it exactly as we said. Let's stop and recognize people on the team who have been showcasing some best practices around this. Yellow is something is not working, right? right we right. need to take a moment, pause, regroup, maybe reset, change it up. Red is there is a big problem. It's maybe we need to stop and change it completely. So it's just helpful that we set agreements and then we check in on them using some type of scoreboard. Yes, I that, like that. That we talk about. And yeah, I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah. It makes it tangible. Absolutely. We're not talking these conceptual ideas. Yeah. Now, I want to go to something I heard you recently talk about, which we can end on this note is a new threat that you see to our workplace, and that is mm -hmm. loneliness. Yes. Can you talk a bit about that? And more importantly, what do we do about it? Yeah. So loneliness is, interestingly, been an epidemic at work since before the pandemic. There's a lot of actual research on this out in the intranet universe. But because of this lack of connection and this lack of vulnerability and people not knowing how to connect and it's scary and it's uncomfortable and I don't want to be vulnerable and all these things that we're dealing with, right? The pandemic, of course, made it worse. And so now what we know is this idea of loneliness for people that were already lonely in the office surrounded by coworkers who now went home for two years and maybe we're living alone, sometimes with just a pet or nobody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now we have a lot of mental health issues we're dealing with. Loneliness is really an issue. And I do talk about it as something that we need to address desperately because what they do know in the research is that when people feel connected, when they feel they're part of a community, mm -hmm. it impacts their health positively. It impacts their mental health positively. It impacts how they show up with their family, their friends, and in their community. It has a ripple effect in our world that we can't even really quantify. And so I believe we have to put, again, a priority on authentic, vulnerable connection. And as a leader, I know this might feel like a little bit of a heavy responsibility for people, but we got to have a pulse on what's going on with the people that work for us. And if we are feeling like someone's off or all of a sudden they're disengaged and they're not participating, we got to do more than just check in, right? We need to check in frequently. We need to get them support if they need it. We need to pay attention way more than we ever have, especially because it's very easy to hide behind a camera and you don't know somebody's right. not doing well. 
which is why I think having a buddy, if you're virtual, you should Love be it. having people that are checking in with each other to make I sure like, you don't yeah, feel yeah. alone. You know, that's a big piece of it. I'd love to ask you about vulnerability, yeah. which is if I, as a leader, am uncomfortable with vulnerability, and if I have people on my team that are uncomfortable with vulnerability, there's the loneliness for the employee. There's also the loneliness for the leader, right? Yes. And I'm just wondering, how would you suggest people start to bring up this topic? Mm. And also, how would you suggest to a leader to have a greater sense of self-awareness around knowing that a person or people on my team are not being vulnerable, which might tell me something, or people on my team, how do I notice that people on my team are not as engaged? So I can kind of figure this out because I do think this to me is the piece where I'm sure it's in your book where I didn't have to do this before as a leader or as a team member. It was not part of my job. Right. And now you're- You are asking a lot. You're it's asking me a lot. True. And I just want to run my team and get my results. Now you're making this kind of hard on me. I got to deal with all these emotions. Yeah. And- now I'm, you're making me into a psychologist. Yeah, right? it's, it's easy to talk about, but can you give us some insight on how managers who have- let's say not been that vulnerable, been able to do it and see it and then have conversations around it. Yeah. So it's a journey to help a team shift their culture around this topic. If they traditionally have not made this a priority and they're open, honest, and vulnerable with each other, it's something that you have to do gently, slowly, and consistently. And I have a couple ideas that I think work well with this. And every time I work with a team who's struggling or they feel disconnected or they feel several members are not engaged as we had hoped, what I tell the leader to do is we need to do a little team building with the group, whether it's virtual or in person and use something called appreciative inquiry, which I'm sure you're both familiar with. And I love this method because what it does is it says to people, let's think back to a time when you were very engaged in a group. doesn't have to be work. When you were very engaged or you felt really connected to the work you were doing or you felt valued, whatever it is, right? Appreciative inquiry is asking people to appreciate a time in their past when they have felt connected and they have felt like they were contributing and valued. And then let's talk about what was going on during that time. And maybe they're not even comfortable talking about it. So we use a tool. And if we're virtual, we use some kind of collaboration tool like Padlet or Microsoft Teams has collaboration tools, a collaborative whiteboard where people just start saying, what were some of the characteristics of the environment you were in that allowed you to feel connected, that influenced your engagement level? And we start collecting all this data from those people about a time when they felt those things and what the environment was like. So now we start to paint a picture of what some of their needs might be that are going unmet or unspoken. And we're doing it in a kind of a safe way, like Ginny mentioned before, right? You gave that great example, which Mm -hmm. was a very safe way to talk about something that was a little vulnerable. Right. And then I encourage the leader to say, they can talk about it and flush it out a little bit, see if there's themes that people are saying. And then as a team, allow people to vote 
Which of these, if you thought we could work on two of these, would make the most difference for us to feel more connected to each? And you can do amazing things online with different tools where you can vote things up as a group. There's so many fun ways to do this. As a collective team, figure out these are like two opportunities we have to build more connection with each other. How do we want to do it? How can we do it in our meetings? How can we do it offline with each other? So you start talking about the how it would work in reality. It starts off with something. I like appreciative inquiry because I'm not asking them to talk about anything too scary in the moment. It's something from their past that they can remember that's positive. And then we figure out from that, what do we need to work on? You created a structure. Right. You made it discussable. Yes, that's it. And you got to make it safe enough to be discussed. That is correct. <laughs> we had on one of our shows, we had the head of training for Mentimeter. Mm. And so it's- I love what's, Mentimeter. We use that all the time. I love Mentimeter. And so what you've done is you talked about technology is we could actually, for that manager who is like maybe a little bit uncomfortable with vulnerability is to kind of say like, okay, so we're going to agree that we're going to have these behaviors. And then we're going to kind of get a scoreboard and maybe our scoreboard that I belong and that I feel understood. Yes. And then, you know, the manager can basically say, Hey, okay. On Mentimeter, how are we doing on these things? Okay. It looks like we're doing great. What are we doing? Oh, it looks like we're not doing so great. People can vote. You can even vote on Zoom. You can make it a poll. Oh yeah. You can. I just had a wonderful association lead who is far on her journey and so is her team. It's exciting to watch. She's now at the point of having gone through all of that and saying, all right, now I want it more tangible. So she discussed this with everyone and together they came up at every other meeting. I will share a high both from a personal point of view and from work. So love it because it's both layers of my life when I felt connected or when I caused connection or, you know, choose whatever it is. So we are actually creating the space to talk about it, but also measure it. Mm -hmm. being accountable for it. And as you said, going full circle, you have to make it part of an agenda that we never had to before. It has to be intentional. And I love that idea, Ginny. And I would add, as teams get more comfortable with this journey, that you add the high and the low, because we (laughs) want to make sure this is where we can get a sense for something I need to reach out personally to this person because that was shared that they were willing to share. Maybe that's the vulnerability. Yes. yes, That's perfect. But they're not going to share that tomorrow if we've never. Exactly. That's where she was going. She said, let's start with the high. Well, I want to call you the toolkit lady. The tools on your website blew me away. I said, Oh my gosh. So how can folks get in touch with you? And this marvelous website. And by the way, everyone, these tools are free. So please talk to us about that. Yeah. So my organization, I've been in business for 22 years. My company name is Powers Resource Center. So it's my last name. And powersresourcecenter.com has a lot of amazing tools. There's a whole section on remote teams on there. And then as you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we are building and continue to develop virtual team school. Dot com. And that has a lot of free tools on it as well. 
And what that will eventually become is almost like an academy for managers and their teams who are virtual Mm -hmm. or hybrid, where they can go and get tools, resources, support, coaching. Like we're really building that out over the next year to become a hub for virtual and remote teams. Oh my gosh. The data you're going to collect just in getting those folks together is fabulous. It's going to be great. And so either of those websites are a perfect way to reach us. And then of course, I do a lot of postings and podcasts and things on LinkedIn, which you can find me just on LinkedIn, Tara Powers. Wonderful. This has been energetic and exciting. I want to thank you so much, Mitch. First of all, I want to commend you, Ginny. This has been a perfect podcast in so many ways. I didn't know if we were being graded. Do we have a scoreboard? And also Tara, I guess, has been awesome too. Great stories, great tools, great way to look at it, great ways to solve many of the problems that uh, virtual managers are facing today. I just am walking away with... You know, I can't wait to call my assistant and tell her, oh my gosh, you know, we need to do this as we go forward and working with our companies. And it's not hard. It's just intentional. 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 Intentionality. That's all we're talking about. So with that, I want to just thank you all for joining us today. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, Ginny. And thank you to all of our listeners. I know you're going to share this podcast with all your friends and your colleagues because this is one of the best ones. Please tell us what you think. Thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you next time on our next episode of Team Anywhere. 